A recording of the Congregation at Prayer Daily Devotional for June 11, June 12th, uh, 2018. This is recorded by Pastor Neil Wemus. All hymns and liturgy are taken from Lutheran's service book. And the translation of all scripture readings are from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. The first, the opening hymn of the day, and it's the hymn, the catechetical hymn of the week, is 622, Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared. Since I don't quite have this tune perfectly well down, I will just read it. Though reason cannot understand, Yet faith this truth embraces. Your body, Lord, is even now at once in many places. I leave to you how this can be. Your word alone suffices me. I trust its truth unfailing. Lord, I believe what you have said. Help me when doubts assail me. Remember that I am but dust, and let my faith not fail me. Your supper in this veil of tears refreshes me and stills my fears and is my priceless treasure. Grant that we worthily receive your supper, Lord, our Savior, in truly grieving for our sins, may prove by our behavior that we are thankful for your grace and day by day may run our race in holiness increasing. For your consoling supper, Lord, be praised throughout all ages. Preserve it for in every place the world against it rages. Grant that this sacrament may be a blessed comfort unto me when living and when dying. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The verse of the week is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, and because it is a psalm, this is chanted. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. The second petition, thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit 
so that by His grace we believe His holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. The Psalm of the Week is Psalm 130, verses 1 through 8. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. The reading for the day is taken from Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. It says, in those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How could one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them, and gave them to his disciples, and set before the people, and they set them before the crowd, and they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these all should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And they were about four th there were about four thousand people. And he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just a little comment brief commentary, meditation, whatever you want to call it, on this text. The two things, two a couple mo thing, few things kind of stand out. Uh, the first, the two things that stand out. First is why Jesus does this. This is the second miraculous healing, feeding in the Gospel of Mark, and the first one was the feeding of the five thousand, which if. You have been reading through the congregation at prayer as it is printed out in our bulletin or on our Facebook um, group site. We read about the feeding of the 5,000 just a couple days, a few days ago. 
So it's the second miraculous healing. But what? So the thing is, within a, such a short distance between the two, the question is the motivation. The feeding of the 5,000 happened in the wake of the beheading of John the Baptist. It was very much a funeral. Jesus was preaching, teaching. He was giving them comfort, and he fed them, as very often happens at a funeral. They were grieving the loss of John the Baptist. Well, the feeding of the 4,000 is in a different situation. And it's Jesus plainly says it, that he has compassion i have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat and if i send them away hungry to their homes they'll faint on the way see they came to jesus to hear his word and he was so great he was so glad and so he saw them and he could send them away and have them try to fend off for themselves to try food find food on their own but instead he has compassion and he provides the means to feed them. And that's what he does. See, and this is kind of, and actually this is kind of going into the question, why do, I mean, so many churches will have a Bible study and a meal. They'll have a Bible study and the church will provide a meal for those who came and ate. People have potlucks after church services. I mean, you're almost doing the very thing here that Jesus did. They, they came to, the, to Jesus and they wanted to hear his word. And they were there and listening and soaking up what he said for so long they became hungry. And so, God, and so Jesus, who is God, provided the means to feed them. And this is kind of even the model for all of us is that when we see people who are in need, who need food, we provide for them. Now... You're not going to be able to feed 4,000 people with just seven loaves of bread, okay? Because you're not Jesus, all right? But nonetheless, we look for the means to feed people and care for them who are in need, who are hungry. We are to have the same kind of compassion on others that Jesus did. The disciples, when they heard Jesus say this, said, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? You know, this is the disciples and they're one of their many moments of bumblingness that is very characteristic of the Gospel of Mark. They, they're clueless. I mean, a couple, they just saw Jesus feed 5,000 men, not including women and children, with five loaves of bread and two fish. And here, they have, seven, they have more bread and we don't know how many, how much fish, but probably pretty comparable, maybe even more, for fewer people. And yet they're wondering, how could we do this? Even though they, what they saw only a few days earlier, not that long earlier. And so this is the stubbornness, the, the blindness of the disciples. And to be fair, again, I would imagine that we ourselves would probably be the same. And this is the thing of the disciples, is the disciples never quite get it. They never fully understand. They never have that faith in Jesus, that he's going to do it. And this is the theme all throughout the Gospels. They never have faith that he, to the extent of what he can do. And to be fair, none of us are. All of us, I mean, we come on Sunday morning. And, and actually the opening hymn today 
um, the catechetical hymn of the week, I think fits so well with this. I like this um, first six especially. It says, Lord, I believe what you have said. Help me when doubts assail me. As a pastor, I know what it's like that, you know, I am charged to, to the care of the mysteries of the Lord's Supper. And I, am just, I say that, take, eat, this is the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hand that bread. I carry that cup of wine. I say, take, drink, this is the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And what I am saying is that that, body, it, that bread is the body of Jesus. Not representatively, not figuratively speaking, it really is his body. But it is also the bread. That that wine is the blood of Jesus, but it's also still wine. And it gives the forgiveness of sins. It, it's the strengthening of faith. How that works, I don't understand. And I'm going to be honest that there are times like, wow, it's amazing. My brain cannot wrap itself around it. But the thing is, the great thing about our God is, is he doesn't wait for me to comprehend it, to give his good gifts. He gives you his good gifts. He gives you his forgiveness. He gives you his grace, whether you understand it or not. And that is the goodness of our God. So the feeding of the 4,000, that's what you see, this miraculous feeding, which is seven loaves of bread, and there's theories as to why seven. But with those seven and, the, and a few fish, he feeds 4,000 people. So also, with a mere bread and mere wine, he gives us his very body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. He is on every altar around the world, every Sunday, that is distributed. And that is incredible. It is hard for us to even begin to grasp it. But because Jesus says it's so, it is so. So with that, we go into the secondary reading of the day, which is Proverbs chapter 10, verses 1 through 23. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Blessings are on the hand head of the righteous. But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found. 
but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is a choice of silver, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is, a ple is pleasure to a man of understanding. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. June 12th is the day which the church chooses to recognize the is the date that the church recognizes and commemorates the count the ecumenical council of Nicaea which happened in AD 325 and this is what is written um by um the worship from the worship library of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod they they produced this list of commemoration biographies and this is what it says for the Ecumenical Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. It says, The, the first Council of Nicaea was con convened in the early summer of 325 by the Roman Emperor Constantine at what is today's Isnik, Turkey. The Emperor presided at the opening of the Council. The Council ruled against the Arians, who taught that Jesus was not the eternal Son of God, but was created by the Father and was called Son of God because of his righteousness. The chief opponents of the Arians were Alexander, Bishop of Alexandria, and his deacon Athanasius. The council confessed the eternal divinity of Jesus and adopted the earliest version of the Nicene Creed, which in its entirety was adopted at the Council of Constantinople in 381 A.D. And as it is indeed the commemoration of the Council of Nicaea, I believe it appropriate to confess the Nicene Creed, um, which, by the way, is technically not the Nicene Creed, as you heard there. It's technically the Nicene-Constantinople Creed, um, because portion of it was um, put together at the Council of Nicaea, but it was completed at the Council of Constantinople in 381. But it said, so we could, I confess it. If you want, you could pull it out in a hymnal or look it up online. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, 
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, your Son Jesus triumphed over the prince of demons and freed us from the bondage to sin. Help us to stand firm against every assault of Satan and enable us to always do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul in all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The hymn of the day for this day is, uh, for the week, is hymn 668 out of Lutheran service book. The hymn is entitled, Rise to Arms with Prayer Employ You. Today I am just going to speak these words. Rise to arms with prayers employ you. O Christians, lest the foe destroy you. For Satan has designed your fall. Wield God's word, the weapon glorious, against all foes be thus victorious. For God protects you from them all. Fear not the hordes of hell. Here is Emmanuel, hail the Savior, the strong foes yield. To Christ our shield, and we the victors hold the field. Cast afar the world's vain pleasure, and boldly strive for heavenly treasure. Be steadfast in the Savior's might. Trust the Lord who stands beside you. For Jesus from all harm will hide you. By faith you conquer in the fight. Take courage, weary soul. Look forward to the goal. Joy awaits you, the race well run. Your long war won. Your crown shines splendid as the sun. Wisely fight, for time is fleeting. The hours of grace are fast retreating. Short, short is this our earthly way, when the Lord the dead will waken, and sinners all by fear are shaken. 
the saints with joy will greet that day. Praise God, our triumphs sure. We need not long endure. Scorn in trial, our Savior King, his own will bring to that great glory which we sing. Thank you today for joining us, listening in today to the Congregation at Prayer Daily Podcast, um, devotional podcast. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am a pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Ida Grove, Iowa. I pray that this was a blessing to you. As was mentioned, all hymns are taken from Lutheran Service Book. All liturgy is taken from Lutheran Service Builder. And the translation of each Bible verse is taken from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. So with this all in mind, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his divine countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you and have a blessed day.